unique, one-of-a-kind, silver, pagan, heathen, and occult designs only at Maccabay. There are various Mjolnirs listed on two different Etsy shops. I'll be providing those links for you here in just a moment. And they also do custom work. And like I said, they have various pagan, occult, and other heathen-inspired religious jewelry designs. Um, and specific custom work uh, requests are welcome. You can follow Maccabay on Instagram, which is at Maccabay Designs. That's M-A-K-A-B-E-T Designs, or on Facebook at Maccabay. Now, to find them on Etsy, you'll go to etsy.com slash shop slash Maccabay Designs. That's M-A-K-A-B-E-T Designs. Uh, for all the socially acceptable designs. And then for more of the fun occult and adult type designs, you can go to etsy.com slash shop slash macabre hammer. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E hammer. Check them out today and let us know what you think. Hey everybody, did you know that Midgard Musings has apparel for both men and women, and even children, children and infants? Not gonna lie, it's pretty cool. Uh, Midgard Musings apparel is available on Teespring. Teespring offers awesome quality uh, merchandise. I own one myself, I actually bought my own merchandise. You got t-shirts, you've got hoodies, um, you know, bathing suits, uh, and all other kinds of things too, not just apparel. Cell phone cases, tote bags, masks, right? Because of this whole pandemic thing. So if you go and search for Midgard Musings Teespring in your web browser, you will find a link to the Midgard Musings store. Pay attention now because the URL is a bit wacky. It is midgard-musings-store.myteespring.co. All right, but it's easier if you were to just go to Google and search for Midgard Musings Teespring Apparel. Um, take a look and see what you got. Like I said, we've got sweatshirts, t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, phone cases, tote bags, onesies for infants, coffee mugs, um, all kinds of neat stuff. So head on over to Teespring. Find your Midgard Musings Apparel over there. It does help support the channel monetarily so take a look and see if there's anything over there that you like we've got all kinds of sizes and colors for men women children and even infants so the holidays are coming up and these make great gifts for your loved ones so go ahead and check out big garden musings apparel on teespring and let us know what you think thanks Hey, everybody. Do you guys enjoy what I do here on the podcast? And do you enjoy listening and watching to what I do on YouTube as well? Maybe you're trying to think of a way to help support these projects and and content that I release. Well, I'm going to give you one idea to think about, and that is Patreon. I'm not sure if you realize it, but Midgard Musings is available to become a patron uh, to on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings, and you can help support what I do here on the podcast and across my other social media platforms for just as little as a dollar a month if you so choose, right? So if everybody who's listening and watching what I do pledge just one dollar a month, that would help tremendously. 
There are other tier levels of support that you can choose on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings and see what fits you over there. As always, thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, everybody. Hail and welcome back to Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, Midgard Musings. It's Jesse over here, and I've actually got a really fun guest over here. Good friend of mine, brother of mine, uh, known by many um, and loved by few. <laughs> <laughs> but the right few. I would few. agree with you on that. But the right few. <laughs> uh, goes by Dingo. So Dingo over here, um, like I said, is... Uh, fellow heathen and a brother of mine one of the very few who i will uh, comfortably and honorably bestow that title of family on um so and he's also um a member of our tribe and, and a title holder of our tribe he's our gothi you know so uh kind of a kind of a special deal to have you on the podcast tonight my friend i appreciate so, being here yeah appreciate you taking the time you know so uh, I always like to make sure, you know, everybody that's, you know, listened to my stuff before, be sure to, you know, find me wherever on the social media things. This is going to be a little bit different than, you know, usually I'm doing these podcasts and I'm all, you know, I'm, it's like I'm talking to myself, you know, because I don't have any, um, there's no uh, back and forth, you know, thing going on here. So I'm usually like just filling in dead space. But I think today's episode is probably going to be, uh, hopefully more than that um but everybody you know just check out all my stuff you know youtube on uh, twitter facebook you know it's all in the uh wherever you're listening to on this uh platform whatever podcast streaming app you're listening to it's spotify anchor whatever just check it all out and see what you like um but yeah no so today's like i said it's you know another episode this is actually probably going to be but the more I think about it and the more I look at it, it's today's the 29th of December here in, uh, here in Tennessee. What a year it's been. Yeah. <laughs> the final, the final countdown of 2020 is upon us. And so this will be actually the last podcast of 2020. So it's, it's kind of a milestone, uh, podcast episode. And, uh, Dingo is here to, to ring out the uh, end of 2020 and, and kiss its butt goodbye. <laughs> it's, it, it has it's it's been a it, to say it's been a wild ride you know man like we've, yeah we've, we've been uh, especially in nashville you know like that that's been yeah. a whole other like monster like pandemic aside you know uh -huh. and even with the pandemic you know like we're number one in the number one state in the world and yeah. like <laughs> you know yeah Tennessee has no chill. Aside, we've had we've had bombings and tornadoes and Derrico storms and like you know just insanity all year. Yeah, it's 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 like Tennessee has no chill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in 2020, it's 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 uh, it's that it's that you know, you hear about all those Florida man memes, you know, right? You know, you know man wrestles a, a, a an armadillo, and uh, and and and. Uh, 
and plays chess with a squirrel or something in Florida. And it's, you know, well, Tennessee's over here, like, hold my beer and watch this. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's one thing after the other over here. But I will say, you know, that uh, as crazy of a year as it's been, it's, it's been, it's been good in a lot of ways too. You know, there's been a lot of you know, good stuff that's happened, at least for me and uh, hopefully for you and everybody that's listening. There's, there's been some positivity that's come out of it. You know, we try to make the most out of the world. Well, you know, uh, with, with crisis comes opportunity, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, man, because otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to just let right. it consume you and, and let it destroy and, and uh, dictate how things go or, or, or kind of have a say in that. And I think we do. I think we ultimately have to deal with the things that come our way, but how we process it. Right. Um, I mean, weird is... A, weird is weird <laughs> and uh the way the webs are woven you know we we don't always get a say in that however we can uh, sometimes manipulate threads a bit and uh, make things different than what they started off to be right it's it's so. a skill that it is yeah no you can't just be all you can't just you know get all willy-nilly with it and and think that you're you know the, the 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 web weaver or something. It, it, it takes years of dedication. Oh yeah. To be able to pull something off like that. Definitely. For and sure. I don't I don't know if you know. You, you, I don't even know if years can can uh, cover it all, right? It's like it's like a lifetime, you know. Once right. You, once you once you're in it, uh, you can't undo it. It's like you're in it to win it. You know, <laughs> right, or, right. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I can't even see. I can't picture myself, you know. And it's funny that this comes up because I saw, you know, on social media, I get these, uh, this, you know, today X amount of years ago, right? Facebook does the whole memories thing or whatever, and I shared it to my Facebook today about a, a journey that I took studying. Yeah, I runes. saw all that. Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, how, you know, three, four, whatever years ago today, um, and it's been it's been a perpetual journey. It's like the wheels never stop turning on the bus, right? The wheels on the bus go round and round, as they say, but the right. journey's never stopped. And it's in like I can't even think about coming back away from that now that I've right. been doing it. For Oh, well, you know, it's, 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 it's the Yoda quote, and, and I don't mean this having a negative connotation in any means, but if it wants you traverse down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily that it's a dark path, but once you yeah, go no. down that road, you like you can't come back. True. No, I think you, that's a... You just see the world that way from then on out. and so, Yeah, there's always a shade. Right. Uh, kind of a, or an overcast and I think that's a, a neat way to look at it too because so much of um, I don't know if you know whether it's you know spirituality or, or religious different religions look at things differently of course but you know so much of the darkness is looked upon in a negative way you know you know the dark arts you know black <laughs> magic the this right. the that you know they're all like well if it's dark then it's bad you know 
that's kind of racist, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's like, it's like me as as a, as a musician, and you know, and you know, being in the world of like black metal musicians and everything, it's like mm. black metal. It's dark and evil and everything, and like most of the black metal musicians that I know, like, just want to go home and snuggle with their cats after the show. <laughs> like, they're right? the sweetest people. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I know that's not telling of the entire black metal scene, but the people that I know are like that, you know? Mm -hmm. well, I think it's something to say too, <laughs> so that like, there's dark is not bad. No, it's just dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that there's, uh, something to be said for the fact that, you know, working in the darkness, you know, almost gives you a stronger ability to navigate through the uncertainties of life, because it's almost like, you know, we've grown up, I say, you know, we, but I mean, like so many people have grown up their lives fearing the dark and they shun away from the dark because of the, the fears. But for those that have lived in the dark for so long and that work in the dark and, and can navigate through the dark, it's like there's almost like the sense of uh, comfort and solace and a, you can be like a guide for those people, you know? Like, right. Don't fear the darkness. It's you know, you just need a guide to get you. Through well, it's it. you know, like magically speaking, or uh, ritualistically speaking, or however you want to word it. Something that I learned very on early on was, when you go into the dark, you never forget your lantern. Hmm. There's always that beacon. There's always that kind of compass, I guess you could say, or something that gives you that guide, like guiding light or, or something, right? Right, like you you have to you have to be able to see in the dark, and so, in my experience with the dark, it's that you're you're learning to shed light inside the dark and work with the two, because that's the only way you can see, right? You know, like yeah, using it as a visual metaphor. Hmm. That's neat. You know, you have to you have to combine the two. It's about balance. Yeah all about balance man i think if one thing that we can come away with from 2020 at least is the fact that too much of one thing is bad <laughs> and all of this uh all of you know and it doesn't necessarily mean you know that it's a bad thing too much of a bad thing just too much of anything you know, there has to be like you say there has to be that balance if it's too much of one way or the other man just the boat tips right. and y'all go under Right. Not fun. You know, it's kind of like growing up poor and then, you know, like you strive to make more money to not be poor. Well, the reason you do that is because you don't want to go back to being poor. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you've seen the dark already. And so you, I've already been through that. that. I want to. I want to. I want to do better. You know. Yeah. I don't want to live there anymore. Yeah. Been there, done that. Got the T-shirt for it. <laughs> right. Know. Yeah. Me too. Still am. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's one of them things. I'm wearing the T-shirt for it. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when was laundry day? Right. Like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's laundry day? I just wear this sucker all the time now. It's like a part of my skin. It's like. <laughs> molded into my body oh they're clean they're not folded yeah 
you just you just shake it out a little bit, put a little bit of you know Febreze or whatever, right, salt yeah. something on there. Yeah, it's good. Just air it out. Yeah. Days. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah, these uh, it has. So I'm glad everybody's here. You know, listening this 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 podcast has got a little bit of a background to it. Um, I was listening, and it's cool that you're here. You know, to talk about this. We talked a little bit, Dango and I did it before. I'm jumping on the podcast about this, but uh, I listened to another heathen podcast today, um, and this the subject on this uh, podcast episode was was kind of interesting, and I was listening to it because I was I was intrigued about these answers because the title of it, I guess you could say, is uh, you know, five things I I wish I knew before getting into heathen or something along those lines was the name of the, the podcast episode and it was um coming from a guy who's uh you know him and his wife were uh, talking a little bit about this and it was it was five points that i guess were answers to a question somebody had asked him like hey man what are five things that you wish you knew of or knew about heathenry before you kind of took the plunge you know? right before you you made the decision and it was interesting some of the things he talked about and i wanted to bring some of them up and just get a little bit of feedback and hear what you had to say and hopefully hear some you know feedback from uh listeners here if they want to so you know send a voice message through anchor or, or email midgard musings or whatever but uh his responses were like you know none of these things would have prevented him from choosing heathenry as a, as a religious path or whatever it's just kind of stuff that he's like well this would have been nice to have more information about or have more knowledge about going into it because i think his background was that of you know, christianity i can have some you know empathy to that or I, I i get where he's coming from when it comes to that because i too you know came into heathenry uh having grown up with you know, a lot of christian influence and in, in Coming from a Christian background, so you probably not so much. Think I think you've always. Kind I mean, of... I mean, I, I did to a certain degree. I mean, I grew up in the church. Um, yeah. I was uh, kicked out of my church four times. Um, wow. But uh, there That's was four always... times more than I've ever been kicked out of. Church, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> there, there was always this uh, uh, family-based. Um, culture i guess that it, it, it was it surpassed yeah. the message of the church you know it was a more inherent principles and ways of going about things sure that um my mother instilled in me that my grandfather instilled in me that my dad instilled in me you know like it, and, and and even though some of those people were devout christians there was still something behind the veil, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they didn't. It didn't need to have the Christian, uh, sir, like the mask of the Christianity. I don't mean like like negatively, but like it didn't have to have Christianity labeled to it. In order yeah, it didn't have to have to that have, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found that a lot of ways too, at least, because um, when I came from, you know, Christianity into heathenry, there was this gap that I found myself in where I was pretty 
aimless in my you know beliefs and things and i'm like well why do i need a label to something to be morally upright or you know do these things or whatever and, and so i think there's something to be said for that right like it's not to say like religion is needed for morality because there are just certain inherent like you said things that um can be taught in a family that doesn't need a religion attached to it you know right um but anyway that being said <clears throat> Um, on this podcast, so say one of the or, uh, five of the things that he mentioned, uh, the fifth, so he kind of went in order, like from you know number five down to number one. So starting at number five was how there is no clergy uh, or no religious leaders or religious figures that exist in heathenry to kind of go to with your questions about something. And, and the, the the sense that I got was that he was kind of comparing or, or trying to find a comparison with like what a you know, Catholic priest might do or what a Jewish rabbi might have or, 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 or a Christian pastor, you know, or some, you know, a deacon, you know, any of these sort of uh, religious leaders that hold title or hold positions in a church or in some sort of religious, you know, whether it be the, the, the temple or, or anything like that. And he's like, you know, and heathenry doesn't have that overlaying thing. And I got to thinking about it, and I said, well, that's kind of an odd, I mean, it, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I was going to say we kind of do, but it's not it's not an authority. Yeah. It's, it's a place of uh, guidance more than yeah. it is, like, it's a suggestion more than an authority. And you're a specialist. That's kind of how I view it. You know, like, it, it's more yeah. of like... It's not like if you don't do this, you're going to hell. It's yeah, well, the approach is totally like different. Recommend you doing that. Like this is what I think. <laughs> right. Know, it, it, it's a different connotation. It does. Yeah. It. it in. Yeah. Exactly. The context and the connotations behind. <laughs> it. Because I feel that you know uh, someone of, uh, and we'll get into some of his points here in a minute. But like. You, for instance, or any of the Gothi or shaman uh, roles that various heathen kindreds or tribes or, or groups, um, you know, title carrying members of those groups or collectives, you know, that is a that is a title of someone very specific to do a specific thing for a right. specific reason, you know. So, like the Gothi as the, the kind of spiritual advisor or spiritual leader right somebody that uh, members of that tribe can go to now i'm not going to sit here and because people listen to this podcast all over the world that doesn't mean that you can now just you know send me an email and say i want to talk to the godi about this that he's not your godi he's my godi he's our godi you know <laughs> like dingo's our godi and he's our guy and he's he ha- he serves a purpose for this tribe maybe your tribe has something similar maybe another tribe has something you know so yes well, they they say not all tribes are set up the same either it, Exactly, and so it's different. The the dynamic that kind of you know fleshes out across different collectives is gonna. I mean, heck, there's some tribes I, like Eric's tribe, for instance. You know, he serves the role of Gothi and uh, kind of like a Gothi chieftain combining role. You know what I mean? Like there's a leadership role, and he serves two different purposes. But and that's just as an example. Right. When I say Eric, most people know listening to me. I'm talking about Eric Shervin at the Ravens call, um, the Ridgar <laughs> in, in East about. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> most people, I mean, I mentioned him so many times on the 
<laughs> here on the podcast or on my YouTube yeah. channel, whatever. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. Are you sponsored by the guy? I'm like, no, it's right. not that. It's, it's you know, good people. Um, no, Eric's just good people, right? Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. But so to say, like, there's no clergy or that there's nothing like that. I would say that's inaccurate, um, because there are people that serve that role within their respective communities. It may not exist right. every way the same, but it's just kind of how the structure was built around that tribe or that kindred or whatever you want to call it. Right. So I just, you know, when people, you know, maybe hear that or whatever, I, I wouldn't want to discourage people from saying, well, wow, I have nobody to go to. I'm just, you know, this aimless wandering. I will say though, like he, he did mention like how much of heathenry is, is, um, focused on being a religion of homework like yeah absolutely you know i mean that's with any religion though. i mean if you're going to take your religion seriously you should be doing studies and you should be researching you should be knowing what the heck you're talking about and you should be knowing what you're getting yourself into right so yeah he didn't he didn't daily rituals etc etc for sure and all of that does fall into your own you know personal type stuff who to go to and and to reach out to for for guidance or whatever like there's people out there for that it just it just maybe not as clearly defined as it is in some of these larger global religious structures i guess right that's the way to put it which also leads into one of his other uh points uh was that there's no firm answer or school of thought which I took it to kind of mean like you could get 10 different people in a room, 10 different heathens in a room, ask them all the same question, and you would get 10 different responses, you know, or, yeah, or 10 mean, different absolutely. answers. So his point was like, you know, that could probably be, you know, like uh, discouraging to some newcomer to heathenry. Like, well, what's the right answer? What's the real truth? And I'm like, well, now you're getting into some really heavy-duty stuff when you're talking about what's the right end and what's the real truth because so much of what heathenry is about, you know, focuses on personal practices, hearth cults, things that are done, customs that are, you know, surrounding the, the families, the clans, right. and that sort of thing, you know? Well, you know, something that I learned very on is... Uh magic of any kind uh, ritual or religion any whatever way you want to whatever umbrella term you want to put under it mm. or over it rather it, magic is psychology it's and and every person is different every person reacts to situations differently everybody has a different pain tolerance everybody has a different stress tolerance yeah you know, and so kind of like what the things you're going through, you're, right. the right answer for this, for me, for instance, or for you is not the right answer for Ken or the next guy or whoever that. Right. Asks, exactly. You know, like, hey, this is exactly. what my answer is and this is what worked for me. It's not to say that it's the answer and that it's going to work for you. Right. And enough. that's why you have so many different answers, because it, it is a very personal path ultimately it's about personal growth and understanding that if you grow personally 
but then the people around you are going to benefit from that. See, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of feel this. I, I feel very strongly the same way, and in and in, um, kind of you know feeding off of that, when he's saying that there's no firm answer or school of thought, there there may not be firm answers or schools of thought around individual practices because one person's, uh, you know, up is the other person's down, or what works for you won't work for me, and that sort of thing. Yeah, that may be true. However, there are certain things that when done collectively and when done structurally and when having that sort of, that is where the tradition lies. It, it lies in that, you know, placing placing the value of the structure with, within that collective. And then that becomes the tradition for that collective. So you can say, well, this, this thing maybe didn't exist or the way this was done maybe didn't exist in the past, but it was created out of, you know, the, the combined efforts of the collective and so that it, and in that way it is it is added into weird and it is and it becomes firm over time i mean you know, you so. know like <laughs> you know look, look at our last ritual as a tribe you know we turned a wicker man ceremony into a Freuer ceremony <laughs> yeah like it, it, right it, it just kind of evolved and just mm-hmm. you know like organically yeah you know, and it was seamless and it, and it was beautiful yep. you know like yeah. And kind of that's when you know, right? When you know, uh, when you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it's like one of those affirming things, like you, you can feel it, you know. And I mean, that's, when, that's a ceremony that my previous tribe has been doing for over a decade. Right. And then, you know, with this, this new tribe that has been instilled, like it just takes a, a quick adjustment and and it works you know right so it's like breathing new life into something that's kind of been there just a new new approach to it or yeah it's like it's like it's like doing a cover song as a musician you know Mm. yeah that's a good (laughs) way of putting it yeah never thought of it that way (laughs) you 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 make it your own yeah that is a neat way of putting it which is which is actually segue that the number three thing he said was that each path is different and solitary but it's not like it is but it isn't and i thought that that was an interesting way to put it in that you know how many people do we come across um or or that we see who want to know more about heathenry and when asked you know are you a part of something are you with a tribe are you with a so much of the answers are no but I'm looking right yeah they want to be a part of something people want to be included in something and so so much of their you know there is solidarity there is there's solitary practices like we've already talked about in individual hearth cults and you know like you can't go and find a book anywhere from any historical sources that tells anything about you know um a wicker man frere ritual <laughs> you know right. at least not from any historical <laughs> sources right but it works for our tribe and we did it and it and it we saw great results from it you know absolutely um, you know, and, there, yeah. and there's things that have to be done at that level right there those rituals have to be done to, to be uh, benefited from in the way that they're meant to be at the you know group level at the tribal level with more people than just 
herself. So it's a little, it, it is, it's a bit of both, right? There's things that I mean, I've said it for a long time, how the backbone of heathenry is at the grassroots level, you know, like tribal tribalism, the, 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 the understanding of how a small society works, that the tribal nature of, of heathenry is really where it, it shines and where it you know, blooms so beautifully. But part of that is made up of the individual things that each member does. Right. So the, the solitary practices, the, the hearth cults, the home practices, whatever, that's their thing. That's your thing. You know, it's my thing. And then when we get together and we do our thing, it's all of our thing. We all have a hand in it. We all become a part of something special. Right. And I love that. That's what, you know, that's really what I love about this this path is that you know it's non-dogmatic um and there's so much freedom to make it unique you know like one tribe's uh structure is not the same as the next tribe that's what makes it so like a snowflake in a sense that each one is uniquely different you know there may be similarities when you really get and look at it under you know take a closer look at it there's there's minute well, and, you know, like I, I have to quote uh, Eric here, like it's all about the whys, you know, like, yeah, like with, Why our, you doing it? With, with our ceremony, like with with the wicker man and everything like we had beef stew, we all ate out of the same pot. We all drank out of the same bottle of mead. Yep. It was it was community it was it was tribal it was everyone had a hand in everything everyone was a part yes. of everything yep. and it, it, that's why we did it that way you know mm-hmm. there is that's the specific reason behind it it seems mundane or irrelevant or whatever but that plays into the ritual practice the ritual nature of it sure yeah yeah, absolutely. Because anybody on the outside hearing about it or looking would be like, oh, you know, they're just having supper or they're just drinking or they're just like, there's, you know, there's more to it than that <laughs> to, for right. us. You know what I mean? Right. And you, and you nailed it right on the head. It's There's a ritual aspect to it all. And it, it adds to the, uh, the magic of it, I think, is, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It becomes a, a singular effort rather than. Yeah, an individual effort, if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. It, it's many coming together into a singular cause, rather than an individual going for a singular cause. Mm-hmm. And then you know, when 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 all it come, when it all comes together, boom, you know, you're there. Right. You feel it. Which is great because you know one of the t- the last two things this guy brought up is some some of the more I guess you would say like touchy subjects or unsavory subjects because the next thing he said was how in heathenry uh, or also true or whatever he's we always fight amongst ourselves we're always fighting ourselves constantly within ourselves and I you know I. I like think on, we see on, it. on an individual level or I don't think he meant like we're going to war with, you know, like we're standing across and like shooting at each other or going to war with like shields and spears and axes or whatever or, or physical fighting. It, it felt more like, you know, he was, he, but he was referring to like the, the heathen community. Right. Yeah. 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 And 
I don't know. Like I, I see some I of that. I haven't seen too. as much of that. I've seen it, but I haven't seen a whole lot of that. I've distanced myself. I have distanced right, myself. Right. Exactly. From it because, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like you know, like I haven't seen that, but like, like I get into know, these the, groups or the, whatever the, uh, or pages and stuff, and I'm like, great. It's just a you know, a free for all of you know. Whose dick is better, bigger than the yeah, next? Yeah, you know, who, who, who he's like, better than the, the neo Nazis <laughs> and the awesome bros and all that stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I just don't associate with that. <laughs> right. Now, I definitely don't associate with that. One of the other things that I think becomes apparent when you have visibility to the uh, kind of heathen, you know, or true movements or. Uh, Across the country, or even across the world, are are these larger scale, you know, organizations that try to one up each other, you know? So it's kind of like, and anybody that you know, look, we'll just say it, you know, you've got multiple, you've got you know, Awaken the North, you've got uh, the you know, TAC, you've got uh, the Troth, you've got um, the AFA, like so many different. And quote unquote heathen whatever organizations national organizations that are trying to in, in a way globalize right. heathenry and and then it's like they're they're over here you know just um, you know so it's like you know well oh you're part of the trouble you can't be this over here with us because you are you know holding allegiance to them and it's like what is even that you know I mean or because the troth wrote a rich and I'm just throwing names out. I'm not saying to do this specifically, but like let's let's just use an example, right? The troth writes a ritual, posts it on their website. So this is how you blow to Odin. This is how you do a ritual to Thor. And then Tack does something different to Thor, and then it's like they they they're both not the same, right? Well, whose is who, whose is right and whose is wrong, you know? And then you get this, you know, blowed up uh, discussion in a. In a facebook group or forum somewhere online or reddit thread or whoever wherever you know well i'm gonna settle it for both of them mine is right <laughs> yeah mine's right and, too <laughs> and, and, right exactly and yours is right and it, that that's up to an individual level on how you communicate yeah and how you do your practice that that is solely an individual level that is not even a tribal level that that that's well those types of things definitely have place at the tribal level because i mean when it comes to honoring the gods or or, or, or speaking to the gods there's there's def i think you know we can pull from historical sources we, can, we know that the gods were communicated to at the tribal level right you had the Sacri- yeah, of course, you, yeah. you had the thing that at uh, the the at Uppsala, you know, uh, in Sweden, you know, where it was a large assembly. You had, re- you know, recorded um, uh, Sigurblot, you know, was was a tr- was a communal communal uh, historical uh, focus towards you know Frere. You had Yule, which was of course a big community thing, you know, um, yes, all of absolutely. various points like that 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 have a place. Um, but when it comes to like like you're saying like mine's right and i said yeah mine's right well i know what i've seen and i know what i felt and you know what you felt you know what you've seen when it comes to communicating with the gods there's no 
book that we can say this is the right way, but we know what we felt. So is it our own UPG? Yeah. But does that make it wrong? Absolutely not. Because who is anybody to tell us what we felt and what we've seen? You weren't there. And yeah, you know and I mean? who, who are we to tell them what they felt and saw as well? You know, absolutely. exactly. Exactly. It's, it's very much UPG. Yeah. So all the efforts towards, you know, this bickering is, is, I guess, the way he was trying to point it out, which I see the point is, you know, it's, it's senseless banter, you know, where yeah. focus could be put on a much more wholesome approach to things, you know, actually educating and, 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 you know, pointing people in the right direction and not, you know, belittling people because they're not a part of this group, that group, or whatever, you know, it's. Well, and, you know, like when you're talking about an individual. When you're talking about like the ma- micro versus the macro mm-hmm. scale, you know, like your individual experience with that god or goddess, you know, you you bring that to the table on yes. the macro scale of, of the tribal scale, and you you find where the similarities occurred, and that's what you go for on a tribal level in order to make that ceremony, that ritual, be you know conclusive to be to, to work properly because everyone is in agreement upon what's going on because right. everyone's experience coming together as one entire ritual yeah i look at it as almost like a um you know if i were to throw a rock in the pond or a lake or whatever and create one small ripple it may not reach very far but if i got a hundred people behind me all throw rocks at the same time it's going to create a much more resounding effect and right. have a much broader reach you know so like there's again the whole community the collective the reason behind it when it's all done in and there's that community behind it it's chances are you're going to get a better result from it Right, uh, right on that scale um, but yeah this whole like you know internal bickering fighting or whatever I mean just it needs to needs to sit down and chill out man well and, and that's not <laughs> the only place that's not the only community that that exists you know I've no, seen it's not. several other communities where there's You're... this internal like they're, they're destroying themselves instead of coming together you know it's yeah. sad yeah, and he actually brought that up too. He's like, you know, and it's not just heathens. He's like, it pretty much exists in almost any, you know, not just religion, but yeah, I was gonna say society. not even it's religion, a... just cultures, you know. Exactly, and this I, I think that's part of just humanity. You know what I mean? Like we're we're so alike, but yet we're so different. And there's there's I don't know. There's this constant upheaval of things that occur with groups and you could right. you could be you could be alone on an island i mean look at look, castaway right tom hanks castaway yeah. Yeah. he sat on that island for four years and found himself disagreeing and arguing with a volleyball right right like you could literally say, be isolated can we talk about wilson poor wilson was <laughs> yeah. just like he, 
He didn't even have a chance. That, that, that poor guy. He never did any wrong to anybody, and he just got yelled at. You know. <laughs> you know. He was always there for the guy. You know. I know he was a volleyball, and he wasn't real. But that poor guy, like, you felt bad for him. Like, <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, it's a. It, you're like, damn. You know, all he did was just sit there, shut up, and listen. And he's getting screamed at. Like, okay, I can feel you there, Wilson. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling those vibes right now. Right. <laughs> But it is. It's a. It's just. A, I think it's a unfortunate tendency or nature to, to try and uh, oppose. You know, maybe it's it's not always done in like a you know, bad intent or whatever. You know, but we all got things we want to be heard and things we want to say or whatever. So it's right. But the last one that he had, his number one thing that he had. This is kind of – it kind of plays off of the, the, the second one is that um, we don't recognize each other, but we expect the world to recognize us, uh, I guess, as heathens. And I think the, the main focus or the drive that he was going for uh, on this comment was how, again, with respect to like the, the various national organizations and things that have – you know, so many uh, programs set up that you can pay money to be. Uh, I can be an ordained Gothi with TAC, or I can be an ordained, you know, whatever with, you know, Awaken the North or this group or that, you know, org or this org or that org, whoever it is. Right. Uh, and how the credentials from one, like the credentials from Group One, don't don't uh, don't don't translate to the translation of, of, of Group C. You know, or whatever, and and he's like, we 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 don't recognize each other's for for our accomplishment, and yet we want the world to be like, well, why aren't you, you know, giving place to heathenry? Why isn't this something being taught in public? Why isn't this, you know? So again, I think it goes back to this whole. I I think he's putting too much focus on like a globalization kind of a thing, you know, like because again, yeah. like my experience has been totally different with that. Yeah. Where like. The, the other tribes that I've worked with have been nothing but welcoming and right and and that's how I kind of felt too dingo man like because you know, like... with li- <laughs> with what limited uh, you know uh, access I've had to, to folks it's, it's usually either been very very low or very little right I'm talking like here in Nashville or like uh, Raven Moonheart you know like that group of people Greg and them um, yeah. the folks that I've met through them or through that, you know, through there, through that tribe. Um, but then, like, long distance wise, you know, like Eric's people out in Texas, and, yeah, you know, some other people in other uh, North Carolina, JM, yeah, right, you know, yeah, the Ur- say, yeah, dipped, JM. you know, like, yeah, you know, like they've been nothing but like welcome and uh, welcome, very resourceful, and, yeah, and very yeah, helpful and, with and the whole fantastic. thing, fantastic, yeah, you know, but they haven't lost, I, I, I believe that they haven't lost sight of the the importance of keeping it contained to a certain size you know what i mean like they're not trying to rewrite it you know they're not trying to globalize it they're not trying to be like well, the yeah, next that, that's not what it's of about. heathenry it, that's not it's what it's not. about it's about it's about uh you know like developing your own tribal culture and yeah we are all going to be different you know that's just yeah. the nature of it and there's nothing wrong with that you know, you know, some of what this guy was talking about, which I didn't, you know, <laughs> got down in my notes or whatever, was how um, 
you know, like different groups do different things. He's like, well, why not have uh, other tribes join uh, for or why why close off events to tribal only, you know? And I got that, and I and I you know, you kind of get what I'm saying, right? Where it's like it's a tribal only event, it's a group only event. Nobody except the, the members of that tribe can attend. And his whole thing was like, well, why can't it be opened up, or why shouldn't it be opened up? That seems kind of um, restrictive, and and and. I, but I understand the reason why, and I think you probably do too, right? You don't invite. No, I mean I absolutely. The uh, outside, especially as a as a gothi, you you can't intermingle too many possibly conflicting energies into a ritual space you you have to maintain that balance yeah and there's a there's an obligation i feel with... when you when you when you bring in outside forces that balance gets thrown off and uh-huh. for if anything else the gothi specifically they have to overcompensate energy wise or ritualistically or whatever yeah. in, in many different forms um, personally you know communication etc cetera, etc cetera. you yeah. know they have they have to overcompensate to balance those energies out yeah because you're almost like the... that's why you have closed rituals because mm-hmm. it's it, it, it you're you're trying to maintain the balance of the ritual space and the the balance of the ritual itself because you don't want it to go off yeah other than any other way than it's supposed to yep and you're safeguarding the the inner yard you're safeguarding frith right which is what exists in the inner yard and i heard the term being thrown around throughout his podcast where he's like sharing frith sharing that and i'm like that's not what you mean. I know what you're trying to say, but that's not what it is. When you're talking about sharing Frith, the reason why ritual is closed to only the tribe is not as a sort of, you know, we don't want anybody here, and if you're not part of our club, you can't be here. It's it's not right. about that. It's about safeguarding the, the Frith that has been established through the trust and obligations that exist with each member of the tribe. We don't know who else is coming in like okay they're cool they're they're friends of ours but do they get it do they are they a part of the inner are they a part of that frith web and if they're not it's nothing against them they may be great people and they may be perfect for their tribe or their their collective but it's just you know there's there's that like you're saying you know that the balance that has to be kept in check you know you start bringing and i've had this happen myself personally where i had you know yeah me as well the first yule we ever did here i had you know 15 somewhat people or whatever in this house and it was did, it, did we all, did we have a good time yeah but was it a disaster ultimately yeah because Ritually, of all this yeah yeah. Exa- yeah because of all of this unchecked stuff that was just bouncing all over the place and had no real structure to it so your intentions and your you know your desire to want to people there has to be a balance to that there has to be I think a uh, a line drawn you know like yes we want you to be a part of this but there's certain guidelines there's things that have to be in place and there's, right. there's a reason why we you know safeguard those boundaries and, do what we do. and like you said for the reasons that you said 
but I don't know. I thought it was a neat podcast, and I thought it brought up some yeah. points. I'm glad we got to discuss it together here. Well, um, well it's funny that you, you brought it up to me, and uh, I, I came up with my own list of the five, oh, my five reasons. I love lists. We, we, we've pretty much covered all of them up to this point. Um, there's two points that we didn't fully cover. One is don't lose the self. And hmm. we, we touched on it with, with the individuality of, uh, of ritualistic practices, especially with your relationship with the gods and goddesses. Yeah. But you, you, can't, you can't fully lose yourself in any of that because then you're no good to anyone else. You know, yeah, I, I think I may have mentioned that earlier, but like I, to reiterate that, you know, like that's very important. And that's something that I wish I had understood fully. Like, I, I think I understood it conceptually, but I didn't really understand it. Yeah. You know? It was like words at the moment, but then <clears throat> there was more right. weight behind it. Yeah. And then there was something that I was talking to my cousin Ken about, and, and he he actually said this phrase, and, and it blew my mind because it was too perfect. You can't unsqueeze the toothpaste. <laughs> like once you once you squeeze the toothpaste out, you can't put it back in the tube. And yeah. that, like it, it's a vacuum seal; it doesn't work that way. It doesn't go back in. You cannot yeah. get it back in. You're not saving any leftovers. So it's like once you start doing this. That's it. It's it. Yeah. And, you know, like whether you're on an, a solitary level or a tribal level or anything, because you can't just assume that everyone is on a tribal level. Yeah. You know, there there's thousands, if not millions of solitary practitioners out there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so you have to consider that once you see that other side then you can't unsee it you know like that's just the way it works yeah it's those 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 uh things that have been set in motion that uh can't be undone and again that goes into the whys of you know why are you doing this what is your purpose behind this and you start to become ritualistic with multiple aspects of your life in my experience um you know, you just kind of wake up in the morning and you're in that mindset. Yeah. Get in the zone, you know? Yeah. You know, and like it's not every, auto zone. Every, every, right. <laughs> yeah. Like everything you do though, you know, like every, every task has meaning, you know, that's something I learned in my short time in martial arts is every movement has purpose. Yes. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it's wasted energy, you know. Right. If you're not moving to do something or counter something, then you're just wasted energy there. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. That's good to be reminded of, you know. Self-care. Exactly. Self uh self, you know, we we are like what we self-care do Self-care is tribal care. You yeah. know, like even on the micro macro level, self care is tribal care. You know, you yeah. can't take care of your people if you can't take care of yourself. And your and your worth 
is determined by your people. So if you're not taking care of yourself, how worth them, how worth to them are you? Right. If you're not taking care of yourself. So there's, there's that, the whole, you know, that, that whole thing to consider too, like micro and, macro you know, levels. And, and, and that, that's a whole uh, huge thing that I've learned in the past few years of my life. It took me to my mid thirties to fully understand that because uh-huh. I always put myself second I always try to take care of my people and take care of my family. And I got to a point where I was good to them. And so I had to start focusing on myself. Yeah. You can't, you can't focus so much on them that you forget yourself. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I think because so many people are, you know, there are some people who are just like selfless in nature, right? Where they only think of others and they don't, yeah, I mean, and that's Think that's me. At all. That that's me, absolutely. I run myself in the ground to help other people out. But you, you like, you have to like stop for a minute. <laughs> you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Refocus. Reshift everything. Yeah. One hundred percent. What was that? It was that. Was that your five? Uh, I mean, you know, the other We're, three that we, uh, we, we pretty much touched. covered, um, uh, my, my first one, um, you know, like all written out was it's all real. Everything is real. Hmm. You know, like, uh, uh, the, the gods and goddesses are real. Your, your experience is real. Right. Everything is real that, that you experience, whether it's real to other people or not, it's real to you. Your experience is real. Um, magic is psychology, which I touched on earlier, you know, that everyone's different. Everyone's brain works different. Everyone's perception is different, which plays into the first one I said. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, my, my last main point would be what I wanted to know before I got into all of this. The, the, one of the main points that that I w- wanted to should have understood more is what you put into it is what you get out of it. Right. Yes, I think that's a that's a super important thing because if you half-ass a ritual, you're gonna get a bad result. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you if you go full force focus your entire life on a ritual on an invocation on whatever it may be you're going to have better results the more energy you put into it if you spend months on it you're going to get better results if you think of it at the last minute it's going to be so-so yeah yeah i think it's like you know party planning you know not to like downplay the ritual parts of things you know but like something that almost anybody can you know you can tell when somebody like pulls something out of their butt you know for you and like oh gee thanks the thought was nice you know and you're like but you then you can tell when they like pulled out all the stops and you're like well you really put some thought and planning into this the result the feeling of it is better and i like to you know I, i i've taken that approach too with um my work with, uh, my, you know, my own, you know, what I call individual cultic practices, my work with the gods and, and stuff is like, you know, hey, if I 
just kind of like you know like you said half asset and, and don't put any effort into this or, or have no intent behind it why would i expect any results to to come that i'm looking for you know am i doing it out of necessity because i feel like i have to or am i doing it because i you know out of adoration and out of respect and out of wanting something you know this is what i'm doing and this is why i am doing it i'm putting all this right. focus and all this effort and all this intent into what i've do you know i did I, i've talked about this too on the channel you know uh, ritual states of mind you know and yeah. getting into that headspace that's right. important too when it comes to ritual right like we're talking about dealing with divine beings and the sacred who exist on planes and, and, and things that our our profane minds can't even really normally wrap our conscious heads around you know right and so, you know so if you're not taking that into consideration and, and preparing yourself for that sort of encounter and that sort of experience like how you know how do you expect to get any results i think that's a i think that's a very important thing to to, to remember you know and it could be simple it could be a, a a chant it could be a poem it could be a smell it could be a food yeah it can be anything that reminds you of that divine of that other side i'm glad you brought that up though because i think so many people try to complicate ritual and think that it's like some sort of you know it always has to be like an out-of-body mystical experience and i need to see the skies open and i need to see odin or i need to see thor or whatever it's like no you know like no. you're saying it can be a smell it can be a food it can be something that just transitions you into that headspace and gets you where you need to be to interact with that and then it can be something just as simple as a you know the omens the things that come are meant for us i think specifically you know like we get that omen when a ritual is done or we get that feeling when a ritual is done what that the gift was accepted or that it reached the intended recipient right or recipients you know like those things are meant for us to uh experience and we get those you know prompts or we get those omens from time to time Absolutely. And it's not always something earth shattering you know or whatever it's, it's not intended for that it's an, it was a gift from us to them and that that, that acknowledgement is from them to us no so, yeah absolutely heck yeah well this is this is awesome you know we always do um these uh stanza uh discussions on these on these podcasts and i was hoping you could um you know uh, take a listen or a look at uh our random stanza thing today before we wrap the podcast up it's been a fun one you know i usually like to make these pretty lighthearted and, and stuff so it's been a really fun experience and hope everybody's that's listening is uh has enjoyed it thus far but um you know to kind of wrap it up with our random heathen ramblings we've got another random stanza from the Havamal that uh is going to be uh stanza 89 and um as usual i'll uh I'll be reading from a few different translations. I think Dingo's got the Bellows translation in front of him, and I've I've yep. got a few different ones. So we'll start with the Bellows translation. I'll I'll, I'll take one from Hollander as well, and uh, 
Thorpe and then Auden and Taylor and I've got Jackson Crawford's uh, Wanderers Hovmall over here as well but once again it's uh, Hovmall stanza 89 so the bellows translation is uh, hope not too surely for early harvest or trust too soon in thy son the field needs good weather sun needs wisdom and oft is either denied um, and then the Hollander translation is close it says early sown acres let none ever trust nor trust his son too soon undoes weather the one unwisdom the other risk not thy riches on these now some people will listen to these translations of the Hovmall readings and they'll be like you look. You sound like you're reading like your Yoda or whatever. Like the the, the poetic uh, cadence of things when it comes to like Bellows or Hollander, is um, a little bit archaic. You know, like nobody really talks like that. Um, but I also, like I guess, so I like it though. I do. I do. I do. I, I, I love it. I love it personally. Like I like how it just sort of like the cadence of it. Dun, 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 dun. It's like a riding a horse almost. You right. Know? Like you're just right. kind of getting to this nice canter. Um. But so the Auden and Taylor translation says, trust not an acre early sown or praise a son too soon. Weather rules the acre, wit, the sun, both are exposed to peril. Uh, and then the Thorpe translation, which is actually one of the first translations of the uh, Havamal that I got, uh, is a brother's murderer, though on the high road met a half burnt. It's, it's a totally different stanza. Like it's going into... And, and the reason why for this, I think, is because um, the 80s, and I don't mean like, you know, cocaine, you know, hookers and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like the stanza. <laughs> the, 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 the 80s stanzas of the Havamal, um, depending on the translation that you read from, is going to differ. So like, you know, the Thorpe translation is saying something totally different. It's It's... And if I read from the uh, Jackson Crawford translation, I would have to go back to uh, stanza 88 to get this same thing. So in, in Jackson Crawford's uh, translation of the Havamal, uh, this stanza reads as, do not put too much trust in your newly planted crops, nor in your child too early. Weather will shape the field. Uh, and whim will shape the child and neither will stay the same. So hopefully now that like, you know, we've read a few different uh, stanzas, I think um, what we're basically, you know, hearing is that it's, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't count your eggs before they hatch, you know, don't, don't claim your victories before they're won. Um, if you read all of the stanzas that are like from 80 to 90, you know what I mean? Like, read that whole section of the Havamal, you'll, you'll get better context of things. Um, but... Well, I was going to say, it, it kind of says to me, it, you know, it, it's about knowledge and environment. Mm. You know, and um, if you... Like you, you can impart this knowledge, but the if the environment is wrong, then the knowledge is useless. Hmm. But at the same time, if you have 
the opposite, it still doesn't work. You know, it's that balance thing that we were discussing earlier. Yeah. I think it's there's a little bit of something to that that whole balance thing, you know, of, and and maybe it's an internal balance, uh, you know, kind of like what you were saying with the don't count your eggs before they hatch, you know, like. I think there's some of both to this, you know, because yeah, we're, we're hearing about that. Uh, you know, it's it's it, psychological balance, right? Because there's there's risk coming at both ends, you know. I mean, if you you know you trust your 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 crop to yield too soon, or you you know put too much put too many coins into one pot, and you know, they're both ex- anything could happen. Yeah. Is one of the things that you know both are exposed to peril. Oft is either denied. Um, your, you know, your crops uh, could be groovy, but your son could, sorry, be an idiot. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but at the same time, like your crops could be really bad, and then your son's a genius, but he just can't make it work. It's yeah. you know, it's that balance. True. That's a neat. That's a great uh, perception on that. I like that. And that's what's cool about having you know other people. You know, because again, I've been doing these things now just for a little while, and it's always you know, well, here's my take on it, and here's my thing, and then to hear. You know, other people's um, takes on it is is refreshing because, like, we've talked about it throughout the podcast. You know that that necessary balance that uh, has to exist between, um, you know, like whether it's micro macro, whether it's you know, uh, I think the last podcast was um, talking about balance too in the last stanza. You know, about a gift too little um, is yeah. better than a gift not at all or gift know too big or whatever it's you know it, it's not always about what you can do that's the greatest or the grandest and, and what you expect to receive is not always going to be the biggest or the best you know it's everything's in perception it's it's, it's there's that balance that's always being sought 2020 has <laughs> again going back to it is has brought anything to light is that you know that balance can be tips so bad that things just you know we 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 need some really hardcore uh work being done to to put those balances (laughs) back into place (laughs) right and stuff so but yeah hey all we can do is take care of our own people you know like take care of your own people that's my advice to everybody like take care of your own people and yes then 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 we can come together you know yep I've, I've, you know, I, I try to end on a good note with all of these things. Not that this is a bad episode or a bad notes in it at all. Like it's, it's, it's been awesome. First of all, secondly, thank you for coming to, yeah, uh, absolutely. to talk about all this stuff and hope to do it again. But you know, mostly it's I, I try to tell people like always like focus on your people. You know, take care of your own. Love your loved ones. Let them know you love them. Check in on them. You know, be there for them when you can, and, and worry about what's in your inner circle. You know, all of this stuff that happens outside the world, whether we are here or not, you know, what are you going to do? Just, let's worry about our own and take care of how, our own. How do you expect to have a better world if you don't have a better home? Yeah, that's good. That's good. How do you, yeah, everybody remember that, you know, put that on your, uh, I don't know, <laughs> put, put that on your calendar put that on your tombstone even if you want like, <laughs> so that way everybody that comes and looks at your dead ass for the rest of their lives can be remembered <laughs> can you expect to have a good world if you don't have a good home right <laughs> I mean honestly you know like no yeah everything starts at the at the hearth level you know um, and, and even with us man you know like I've, I've said it 
uh, hearth, you know, clan, tribe, and community. And that's the order that I feel like that it should go. You know, you focus on your hearth first, your, your, your nearest and dearest, your home, and then your extended, yeah. your clan. You know, those that are connected to you by by blood or by by kith. You know, uh, whether by marriage, oath, whatever. You know, those are your nearest and dearest. And then from there comes the tribe. And then after that, outside of that, is the community. Way beyond that is not even our concern. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's in that's Utengard. That's out there in the, in the right. wild. You know. <laughs> not well, my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not my hall. Not my call. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout out Eric Servan once again. <laughs> Well, man, uh, this was awesome. Thanks again for joining me today. I'll uh, I'll yeah, keep bro, you on here, good. but we'll uh, we'll go ahead and end the podcast. You can hang around with me afterwards. But um, sure, everybody, please make sure that you've uh, you know supported the podcast in any way that you can. Be sure to you know check out Midgard Musings on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. You guys know the drill. Um, so until next time, which will be in 2021, you know. So happy New Year. Have a safe. Happy New Year, and um, may your hearth fires always continue to burn bright. So thank you all, and we'll talk to you next time.